2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast
4: feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is Cues of the Force, Quantum of the Force. It's our James Bond Star Wars mashup. No, it's Cues of the Force's Questions of the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
5: I'm Ken Napsock, and I am a fan of Quantum of Solace. I think it's a great Bond movie, but that's just me, I guess.
4: Happening. I do too. It's, it's a lean, mean, spare. It's about an important issue that continues to be relevant. The plot mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm also always entertained by that title because Casino Royale comes out. It's based on the original James Bond novel. And they're thinking like, great, this this tighter connection to Fleming. That's great. What Fleming title hasn't been used? Uh, this very obscure Bond short story, Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which uh yeah don't you just love titles of action movies that just make you run to a dictionary that's (laughs) the goal it did it did
5: it did (laughs) it did dictionary off the shelf for that one
4: (laughs) well uh thank you everyone for listening to our brief episode of james bond center we're now going to get back (laughs) to star wars today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player Oh boy, we are still recommending *Padawan* <laughs> by Kirsten White. Uh, we are uh, we are both going to start reading it this mm-hmm. uh, week. So by the time that this episode is out and you're listening, we are actively reading Padawan by Kirsten White. So if you want to catch up with our blazing fast progress, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center well, One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audio book. Uh, it helps us and you get a free thing. Ken, do you have any, any Padawan thoughts at this moment?
5: Well, here's you – know, it's been this running joke of you and I about to read this this book and now we have two or three High Republic books and a lot of comics to get to as well. I, I This is what happens when we're in this wonderful, bountiful age of Star Wars where you have shows. You and I don't just watch those shows. We watch each episode two to three times and take <laughs> pages of notes sometimes, which I love doing. And then you also have a book come out and then we have to read that and you're stopping to read it. It's just a lot and I'm not complaining. It's just I feel though this year specifically, three shows plus for me, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power come out. The last thing I want to do at the end of the night is read a book and have to pay attention. (laughs) That's what's going on
4: yeah i mean i think for me is like sometimes that at night is my best opportunity to read and i'll read like yeah. two pages and go like this is great these are great ideas and then i will be fighting to be like i can read each next word before <laughs> falling asleep and like that's not the way to enjoy these so i i enjoy them the best when i make time and i'm like the thing i'm doing today is reading all of this book in one yeah. you know whatever many hours sitting so trying to make time for that can be a challenge yeah but we're gonna get to it we are getting to it. We're doing it, and then we'll do those next two High Republic books that we're behind on. But for now, we've got questions that we're not just gonna think about or talk about. We're gonna answer right here today. These are some great Star Wars topics from our listeners: two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we will go first to Twitter and uh, the <laughs> mm. uh, a person with the handle the Wookiee Riots. A nice. great handle. Here we go. This is what the Wookiee Riot says. As a buddy of mine is currently forging me a Harris wrench for my Batuu job, wonder what y'all think about the ordinary everyday tools of Star Wars, the hydro spanners, socket spanners, and power wrenches that make day-to-day possible. Thanks, as always, for the great show. Thank you, the Wookiee Riot, for the kind words and the really fun question. I don't know if we've ever just stopped and appreciated the tools of Star Wars.
5: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, but it's there, right? And 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 Han calling for him an Empire is—it's a favorite little moment, and and he, I I think it's fair to say it's a world-building moment. And one of the reasons we love this franchise, it just seems so lived in. Yeah, that that's almost become cliche. How huh? Star Wars is very lived in. George wanted it to be lived in, and I think that's part of it. And Han repairing his ship and give me the tools, whether it's in Echo Base or during the the asteroid chase, I've absolutely loved. it. I just after that, yeah, you're right. I haven't. I don't have a list in front of me, you know.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that there, you know, there's certainly sort of tools in A New Hope, the scraper thing that mm-hmm. uh, Luke is using on R2. But right. that, that, the tools of Empire Strikes Back, that's where it really becomes, to me, like an important part of like, yep, this is part of that grounded, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's real vibe that Star Wars is this huge fantasy and also this grounded reality at the same time is, is, is from Empire in those moments with Han and Chewie, because the tools dive into how much the Falcon becomes a character. It's the joke in A New Hope that it doesn't look like much from the outside, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. central to the plot of mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back that the Falcon's having a bad day, <laughs> 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 right? Down to down to Han's line, which I often think of uh, when real-world similar things come up. When he says to Chewie, you know, I'm paraphrasing, like. You, you, I'm trying to get out of here, and you just pulled all this apart. You know, <laughs> it's everything. It's it's Chewie's welding torch. It's his it's his mm-hmm. anger mm-hmm. that Han isn't helping him uh, oh, yeah. with the construction. You know, there's that great yeah. clip of we just get to hear Peter Mayhew's great accent saying, "Get up here and
5: help me. What are <laughs> you doing?" <laughs> Love that. That's right. I yeah, thought about that in a while. Love but the,
4: the the scene in the asteroid chase where the yelling for the Hydro Spanner, the very mm. Earth-like um, box, right, of yes. the toolbox comes out. Um, and he has one of my favorite Han Solo lines of, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. Um, that one made a huge in, Im, impression mm. on me because Hydro Spanner is memorable. Um, but I think it really got in me deep then because I'm not a super handy person. Mm. Uh, but, but my dad is. My dad you know, mm. help me buy my first cars, help me fix them. And I've always associated Han Solo with my dad. And that's one of the moments. Why? Because like, oh, wow, Han Solo mm. has a box like my dad. And yeah. my dad's always, you know, pulling apart his uh, 1950 Chevrolet <laughs> delivery truck, which he still owns. Oh, um, man. The the Millennium Falcon of, uh, of my legacy <laughs> that <laughs> uh, someday I'll have to Figure out exactly how to honor that, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's the depth of it for me. The tools are cool, world building, but that's where it intersected mm. into something a little bit more deep and real that connects, you know, from from Star Wars world building to my life.
5: Yeah, once again, you and I have uh, some similar things that are My dad is uh, is he's an engineer uh, by by trade and also great with woodworking and build things. He can mm. build his own speakers, so the box and the and the te- put a speaker together, and he tried, he tried. I could not pick it up and that's just the way it is. Uh, But I think I have my little moments where I I do have some tools and, and, you know, recently I fixed my kitchen sink, man, I was so proud. All I did was unscrew (laughs) something and put something back on, but man, was I so proud. And I I think it does connect to that. And I, and going to that empire scene specifically, uh, yeah, the box, the tools, this is a story in which you could imagine that if something's broken, you press a button and it, gets fixed or a robot comes over. A droid, R2 saves the day. And that does happen at times. But I, I even like Phantom Menace that they the, the droids have to go save the day. R2 has to save the day. You don't get to just press <laughs> a button. Uh, it works. Flash to uh, Force Awakens in the same ship where Ray's calling for tools. Uh the 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 one here that uh, you know Wookiee Rides is talking about. Like I, I I absolutely love all of that. And it's not something you're right. Some I don't spend a lot of time reflecting on it. But it's yeah. there and it connects to the real world picture.
4: Yeah, and it, it it tells this story of people who need to know that information, right? Like Ray yeah. knows that information because she's grown up in a world where she needs to know what those things are and, and Finn hasn't, right? <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. That's what makes that scene so great. Uh, I love the Pilex driver. That's the that's yeah. just the one by by description that sounds cool. Yeah, I think there's also something that has a little bit of a uh a generational power to it in the real world, which I hadn't really thought about until you were talking about your life experience. And like, mm. obviously people of all ages have access to tools and there are many things that you can still fix. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying this is any sort of blanket statement, uh, mm. but from my life experience, which sounds like it mirrors yours a little bit, my dad grew up in an era where most things were mechanical on some way mm-hmm. and He could get a tool and some guy <laughs> yeah. or some lady yeah. or some person could, could tell him what part of it to reach in and fix with his own yeah. two hands. And he's still mad about the things that he can't just go in and fix with his own <laughs> two hands. And I think it's a, it's a generational dividing line with our generation of, of Generation X, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where there
4: certainly are still tools. But we just started to grow up in that world of like, how do you fix it is you push a button. How do you turn on yeah. the TV? You push a button. <laughs> well how do, you cook? how do you cook food you put you put it in the microwave and you push buttons right and that's yeah. so different than like well why don't you know how to light the pilot light <laughs> with your own two hands like <laughs> it's a generational thing and it's a, yeah. it's, it's han han is in sync with our dad's generation of like eh, mm. droids. i can i like the falcon because i know every part i can reach in there and fix it with my hands
5: yeah Yeah. Oh, you're right. I mean, I remember the day my dad brought our microwave home, this giant box, 1982, put some bread (laughs) in it, warmed it. And my sister and mother and I were like, what? (laughs) And yeah. And now, you know, I've taught myself to cook a lot more in the last couple of years and love cooking. And it's weird. And I feel like. I feel like Han now. You know, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel connected with it. Yeah, it's fascinating. This is a great con- conversation. Uh, the Wookiee riots has started here. Uh, I will, do you think Wookiee riots? He says, forging me a Harris wrench for my Batu job. I, I'm convinced Wookiee riot works at Galaxy's
4: Edge. Yeah, I feel like we, we've maybe had uh, some interaction about that before, but I admit mm-hmm. uh, I am not remembering any of the details. But I really hope so. Either. For my Batu job, I read that, in, in Wookiee Riots, please feel free to let us know uh, that there is a, a technical job that the Wookiee mm. Riots is doing uh, mm. in, in Batuu uh, at yeah. Black Spire Outpost, which is great. Otherwise, my Batu job uh, otherwise sounds like just a great uh, title for a, a thriller crime heist <laughs> set in Star Wars. <laughs> the Batuu job. What the Batuu job.
5: One other thing I wanted to talk about this, if, if I'm interested, is this, this idea of, of movie fantasy things turning into reality and, and, and hydro mm-hmm. spanners is very of our world, but also of star Wars as someone who would like to be better with tools, but maybe if there was some space tools that w- would help me and there's things along the way that, you know, uh, even a, you know, uh, uh, electric wrench or something like that, you know, you don't know, you know talk about like, mm-hmm. um, I would love that. And, and I'm fascinated by that. And star Wars being part of that, uh, you and I are both fans of, of Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Anytime I pick up my iPad, I, I'm just amazed that this is this is the <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I even have don't the words don't and panic uh, don't panic engraved on mine because oh really yeah it's it's an option through Apple now. Uh, spoiler though, it's the size it's the like a six font, <laughs> so it's mm. like you can't read it, you can't read it. Um, but Star Wars, yeah, you know, lightsabers. I I le- and and the, it crosses over Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the movie version. Uh, where Trillian uh, takes the little lightsaber toaster thing where it toasts bread as it, as it cuts it, right? And it's very Star Wars inspired looking. And I'm like, I want stuff from Star Wars to start showing up in, in our real world a lot more. And, and that would be part of the fun too.
4: I love it when, when fantasy can be a healthy entry point to real world things. Like mm-hmm. my dad gave me various sets of tools, which I've done only an okay job of, of tracking uh, yeah. over my life. But honestly, if he had been able to buy, like these ones all have lightsaber hilts. <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is your, your Mace Windu wrench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is your, you know, Ahsoka Tano screwdriver. I would have probably taken better care of the tools, and I'm a little ashamed. But also, that's that's the, that's the always been the way for me. If you can give me a little bit of fantasy as a way in, I can engage more a little bit.
5: Yeah. Yeah, maybe if they just had a, a Star Wars logo set of uh, screwdrivers, I'd keep mine. Instead of buying, oh, I need this, and going home and finding my ninth Phillips head screwdriver
4: <laughs> that i purchased. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a, a great thing to to look at and think about. So, any, any other thoughts on the Star Wars tools? No, I love this. Love this. Uh,
5: making me slow down and, and concentrate on part of Star Wars, I, I maybe rush past.
4: Yeah. And I just now, now I'm really just combining my dad's various complaints uh, and imagining them from Han Solo. <laughs> A, you Something. know, Hansel is sticking his uh, finger in somebody's face and going, "What do you mean I need to download an app? What do uh, I need an app for?"
5: I do, this is not related, but my, my dad is a little bit of a grumpy Hanum too. At one time, we we went to Baskin Robbins as a family, were walking back down, and like my dad was just screaming to himself, but to us, like, "I can't. A man can't even afford to get his family ice cream these days. What's going on?" <laughs> I'll never forget that conversation. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) It was that use of a man can't even buy his family
4: ice cream these days. Like, oh, man. this (laughs) From time immemorial, a man could buy his family ice cream, but not today. Yeah. Yeah. Not in these perverse times. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. We're going to move on to uh, a different question, which uh, a serious question, uh, but yeah. maybe we'll find some fun in it as well. We'll get out our emotional hydrospanners and see how we can address this best. This comes to us from Victor and Victor asks, how do you approach politics when you're preparing a podcast? Are there red lines? Is there fear? Caution. Uh, thanks for all. Thank you, Victor, uh, for the thoughtful question. It's really great to get all sorts of different kinds of questions. You know, most of them are kind of internal to the world of Star Wars or, you know, mm-hmm. like the question about the the tools of kind of how we relate to Star Wars. Um, and I think this is a, an important question that isn't just like behind the scenes, how do we make decisions for this podcast you're listening to, but it, it, it does relate to Star Wars and it relates to how mm-hmm. How connected Star Wars is to the real world or not for different fans. And uh, I think really the heart of this to me is, is us making those decisions of when is it uh, the right time to draw this direct line on the podcast between mm-hmm. what is going on in the real world and what is going on in, in our great you know, fantasy allegory of Star Wars. Um, so, with that, uh, in mind, uh, I think this is also a great question, uh, for right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if it came up because Andor is a, a very, very political show, um, mm-hmm. and we've been talking a little bit more, uh, explicitly about politics on Andor, and we've been trying to give listeners fair warning that, that, you know, Andor is a place where we're going to explicitly talk about some real world things as well, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Now that I've got all my caveats out of the way, Ken, (laughs) Uh, I want to hear your thoughts. How how do you, what are some lines for you? Is there fear? Is there caution? All of Victor's great questions. Where do you go with that?
5: Yeah, I I think this is where I've changed the most over the years. Uh, And working with you and Jennifer has helped that myself, just finding myself changing and changing about what i want to talk about even how i want to talk about uh i i I, i'll tell you right now Joseph. i intentionally made no notes for this section in the Mm. conversation i just wanted to kind of see where my heart went with this uh it's a longer journey uh, I, I am greatly influenced by Steve Martin. That's one of the reasons I, I want to be a writer, a comic, and everything like that. And and unfortunately, he's one of the for, fortunately he's one of the last icons that seems to be worthy of being an icon status. <laughs> that could be tough. But even uh, even he is not perfect. Um, but he came a, a, of uh, you know it rose to, to fame and and, and fortune and, and top of the charts in, in the seventies. Uh, which and, and he had a quote one time of like you know I all my friends were talking about Nixon and I, I got famous for putting an arrow in my head. And I think, I think I g- grabbed onto that. And it wasn't like he was saying, well, I don't talk about politics. Uh, I think I grabbed, Oh, I just want to make people laugh. And I just want to entertain people. And I still want to do that. Uh, I still want to do that. But I think I pulled that along too far in my, in my career. And and by then um, by, by late in the game, it, it just not realizing that art is communication, art is politics, art is commenting on things. And yes, I am all for a silly little laugh and I do them often. And I love little stupid little things. I do my little radio show on my, on my own podcast feed that goes from serious satire to silly, stupid satire of me trying to order Del Taco or something like, yeah, but it's all, it's changed for me. And, and it, when it came to star Wars, the dividing line for me when I was, and I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, just, I, I don't think prior to 2017, I don't remember ever telling you or Jennifer, oh, I, we can't talk about that.
4: I don't no, want to talk about that. That's no, cool. I think it was a, an agreed upon, you know, yeah. uh, perspective, which you know we can talk more about. Kind of the the way force center has shifted, but no, I, yeah. there was never any edict from any of us to the others. Yeah,
5: yeah, no, and and anything we always. And to the technical question from Victor here, when something comes up that we know we're going to discuss, say there's a, a social issue that's. Uh, um, dominating the headlines and we, we know it needs to be discussed or something within star Wars. We don't discuss every one of them. We can maybe uh, talk about that, but we, we will off air go, all right, well, you know, what are we feeling or how do we want to address this? Uh, I do believe in this day and age of, of caveats and, and, and a little bit of space and respect mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to go here. It's, and, and it's our point of view. I do believe that it's needed in this era where tone and tenor can be misinterpreted sometimes intentionally, uh, I think it's important to make it clear. But going back to where it really started to shift for me, it was 2017, Last Jedi comes out late in the year. we go into 2018. I'm a big uh, Last Jedi fan, and then on Jedi, Jedi Council. Less here. We're very blessed, for Center. We've always had a great community. Even people who maybe disagree with us, they'll find a way to, to voice it in a way that I, I feel is generally respectful. Uh, very rarely if you run into anyone who's just like, you're a-holes, I'm out of here. They usually just leave if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But eh, Collider was a different version. And we were exposed to a lot more people. And I I struggled with stuff, what was going on at first. I couldn't understand. And again, I'll say this, I think some people just don't like that movie and therefore they're going to express that. I'm not saying anyone or everyone who doesn't like Last Jedi has a political take on it or a a, a morality take on it. Sometimes they just don't like it. But out of that emerged conversations I could no, no longer ignore. And I started to shift. I started to shift as a person. I started to connect with what Star Wars was teaching me, compassion and empathy and seeing things in a different way than I had before. Um, But specific moments in discussing The Last Jedi, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again because it bears repeating. I had a real close friend who didn't like the movie, big Star Wars fan, didn't like the movie. And I kept asking why. And he would say things like, um, and I'm just going to say this. I apologize if it's rough, uh, rough, but he'd be like, I don't like that movie. It's got that purple hair bitch in it. And OK, well, that's some, one thing to discuss. Uh, and he would link me to a podcast where a certain um, uh, po- uh, comedian turned podcaster had a long rant in theory about that purple haired lady in, in the film. Mm. Uh, and then out of that conversation, he's, at one point he just said to me, uh, you know, I don't mind that you got Finn and that, quote, Asian girl in it. But why do I have to see them kiss? And it was at that moment that I realized in discussing Star Wars, you're not always discussing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's where I felt maybe and it, and it wasn't immediate overnight, but it was me- like, all right, you can't leave a lot of this behind. And we could have nuanced conversations about tax policy and border safety and all those kind of things uh, all day, all along. But, but, but Star Wars is about themes and it's I approach it um, with my heart and how it makes me feel. And I think over the years, what Star Wars is saying to me had really grabbed on uh, onto my heart. And so that's that's when it's like there's sometimes you're just going to be direct, and I don't need I don't need you to agree with my personal um, voting records or politics now, which by the way have changed. I used to be a lifelong mm-hmm. Republican. I am not. I've always now I'll say this to anyone looks I'm a registered independent, whatever that means <laughs> these days. Maybe that will change. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But I used to always vote Republican. I do not anymore. I've not voted. I've voted blew down the ticket for. F- five years now six years now and trust me that's caused problems in my family <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a fa- i've lost friends for it i'm not a martyr i'm just saying that's a fact uh, so i've changed i don't need you to change with me but my big the final big draw right now is i will go ape bleep if you come at me with please don't make star wars political mm-hmm. because i think you are just factually wrong star wars is political it always has been george lucas will tell you this the prequels will tell you this uh, Lot Dodd is not a made-up name in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Newt Gunray is – and I don't need you to agree, but I need you to allow us to discuss it because you can't deny it's there. And If you mm. want to go to another podcast, great. If you want to go to another YouTube channel where they just predict if Plagueis is going to be there or not, go for it. It's not always what we do here. But also we talk about b 2 and Gonky – and and uh, Eopies because Star Wars is that as well, and that's that's the big change for me. And I'll end my uh, opening monologue and concede the floor.
4: <laughs> no, it's a great opening monologue, and as always it's 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 fun to sort of see what is similar and what is different about our our journeys in life. Um, and I love that you started out from kind of your perspective in, in your your first. Uh, you're beginning of being a public person, even mm-hmm. even a comedian who is not necessarily, you know, super famous. You're, you're being a public person, right? Even if you're, yeah. um, you know, just doing a show that there are 15 people there, you are saying mm-hmm. I am on stage. I am asking yeah. for everyone's attention and yeah. the things I say have value. You you are declaring that what you're saying matters. Because yeah. you're presenting it publicly
0: <laughs> right? right <laughs> for right, other
4: right. people to sit and listen. Uh, so I think it's great that you start out from that perspective. And I think that's one of the things that I've changed. I think I've, I've always been um, a, a very liberal person. Uh, mm-hmm. My parents mostly uh, were liberal. Then that some of that shifted as it does. Um, yeah. I feel like I got exposed to lots of different um, perspectives. Uh, from various life experiences and I've uh, grown and changed and, and all that stuff uh, as well, but try to understand where people are coming from, even if I vehemently disagree so that hopefully m- can find uh, the ability to have a conversation, which is the only way to even open the door to, to changing yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. But so that's to say for me, so doing some of my comedy stuff. I always kind of drifted away from politics in a very Steve Martin like way because yeah partially um i don't i wrestle with comedy being is so very dated yeah <laughs> a yeah. lot of comedy is by its nature of you're making a joke about what's going on and like i remember as a kid being really annoyed because three jokes on johnny carson would make me laugh and then he'd make a bunch of references and i'd be like i don't know what you're talking about old man <laughs> it's really annoying <laughs> who's spiro t Egg? <laughs> yeah stop cutting me out of the jokes so it was that but then also like specifically during the bush era like i mm-hmm. vehemently disagreed with every almost everything that was going on um yeah yeah uh, don't need to get into all that um i didn't i actively didn't want to make jokes about it because like it's covered we know Mm -hmm. it you know yeah yeah. and i think i've realized that that was a little bit of of what people talk about as privilege of Mm -hmm. i was not being as directly affected by some of the horror that was going on then um And actually, I was and didn't quite realize it because it was changing massive amounts of things, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that was, for me, a, a little bit of a, oh, in retrospect, I maybe would have needed to work a little bit harder to make politics part of my comedy and find a way in that's fresh or interesting or says something different. Mm-hmm. But it was a little bit of a privilege to just go like, eh, other people got it. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. Um, they got it covered. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. And then I think about, like, okay, well, how many people were like me and said, yep, it's bad, but I don't need to bring it up publicly at all? How, you know, mm-hmm. how much of that, you know, how much of, you know, there are many great quotes from from great thinkers and, and activists about um, saying nothing and standing back while awful things are happening is kind of the worst thing that you can do. Because by yeah. not saying anything, you're sort of endorsing it. Anyway. Um, so I think I had a little bit of a a similar journey in that way. And um, I think coming to Force Center, uh, I want to value every part of Star Wars. And part of it is that, yeah, Star Wars is fun and it is escapism and it is absolutely political. Uh, but mm-hmm. a lot of it people come from for just a break, right? Even yeah. from stress uh, for, for that. So I always want to try to have respect for that. And yeah, around... In 2017, when it became clear that sometimes you're having a conversation and and you try to give somebody the absolute benefit of the doubt and you drill down and then it's just like, yeah, no, I think it's I don't think black people should be stormtroopers. And like, okay, that's not about Star Wars. You know, you give people the benefit of the doubt. And like you said, you realize you're not talking about Star Wars and um, Mm -hmm. the few conflicts uh, or interactions that we have had with Force Center listeners, mostly. Uh, came to a blossom around 2018 2019 and those conversations were people who've been listeners for a long time you know writing us and saying you can't say that you're a star wars podcast you said negative things about trump you can't mm-hmm. do that and to which we politely said back we're going to decide what we talk about and we respect your choice to walk away and and some of those mm-hmm. listeners did walk away yeah. and i think that's sort of the the healthy way uh to do it of yeah. Um, Of giving people the option Like nobody's making you listen to this podcast Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah I think for me Ken That's a little bit of my, my response to your thoughts And a little bit of backstory <laughs> uh, I do have some thoughts about Victor's direct question Of how do yeah. we decide you know uh, what to talk about, but, but I want to yeah. pitch back to you and, and see what you thought. Yeah,
5: no, on. no, this is great. I, I love talking about this because, because uh, it comes with a lot. Um, and I'm about to r- launch publicly a, sh- a podcast on my personal feed called The Blathering that I've been doing on my Patreon page. And I think people are going to be surprised to hear me in that tone. Number one, there's way more, way more curse words in here. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been pretty angry last year i been saying it on this show that's private and the fact that it's private, I just felt safer. And that talks about Victor's fear question. We can get to here as well. Uh, and, and, but one of the things that you said there, um, you know, it's even come I've seen it on the other side of, there's no reason to be nice. Just, just you, you don't have to allow, you know, you and I and Jennifer try to be, Hey, Hey, this is our opinion. And even just about, I like solo. This is my opinion. I, I do. I do like that. We do that. And I'm going to continue to do that because I, I want to give everyone the benefit of that, of just being humans, trying to enjoy a space fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do have some friends who are like, yeah, I listen to you. I disagree with a lot of things you guys say politically, but I just turn those episodes off and, and I engage with the ones I want to. I'm fine with that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to change your mind, but maybe I will because I, I just opened up about my political switch. A lot of that came from the discussions here on force center. Mm-hmm. of seeing things I could no longer uh, ignore. And what Star Wars was saying about them. And sometimes it's very direct. And Andor is very direct. And I'll tell you this, public: I, there's, I, there's about 5% of the show where I'm like, I don't know if it's playing fair and some of the issues, I law enforcement stuff, where I could have that discussion off air. But what the show is saying, what the show is doing is really about experiences I haven't had and I'm listening. And and I think that's been part of what we do around these parts the last couple of years is um, just like you said, uh, I used to be one of those it doesn't matter who you vote for. It doesn't change. And guess what? For me, that was probably the case. But then finally realizing the question was great. It doesn't change for you, but what about for the people that does change mm-hmm. and, and, and engaging with that? And I think star Wars is very much about that. And we're seeing that a lot in Andor and we're seeing that in Kenobi. We're seeing that in a lot of other shows here. I think it's present in all the art that's in Star Wars. And I think it became a point of it, We need to talk about it, but how we talk about it and when we choose is what we'll be discussing next. And that's, also don't think
4: yeah and I, and i think a, a, a thing that i have become more opinionated about just being on social media and and getting to see it, more diverse perspectives and connecting yeah. them back to real life experiences and thinking about the themes of star wars is you know those great lines in andor about the empire's choking us so slowly we're not realizing right mm-hmm. uh, sometimes in the real world i think there are awful policies that maybe you and I have the privilege to not um, not be affected by immediately because they're, they're mm-hmm, crackdowns mm-hmm. on on people who are you know striving for th- more more freedom, more respect, more equality, mm-hmm. right? And, the, and those people feel the crackdown immediately. But in yeah. my opinion, the truth is we're all connected, and even those of us with great privilege feel those things eventually. You yeah. know, so it it, it 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 it's important to talk about you know issues. Uh, you know, for lots of reasons, for for who is being dramatically affected right now, but also from that great perspective that Andor has of, you know, all of those people are living miserable lives in a fascist, mm-hmm. uh, tyrannical society, right? Mm-hmm. Perrin kind of thinks he's living this great life where he's, you know... Uh, uh, Privileged. he has so boring yeah. he has wealth yep and like mm-hmm. but yeah but look this, he's not happy he's trapped in the horror of it too right you know yeah. the people on ferricks who are being brutalized yeah are feeling the immediate brunt of it but it's just it's horror down the line even all the way up to the privileged people
5: yeah yeah and, and there's something um there's something I, this is goes way beyond uh, star wars but there's something a, a long there's a lot of changes in the last couple of years and a lot of it is uh, upheaval not just changes upheaval and and changes one of the things for me is going back i'm I'm, I'm a history buff but when you go back and you look man not all the stories were told or we're learning new stories or a lot of stories just weren't didn't find our way uh you and i both have discussed like watchman 2019 was like whoa, wait a minute what is that i wasn't taught that in school Mm -mm. uh what do you what do you mean i missed that and I don't feel embarrassed or shamed about it. I just like, okay, that's the way it was. I need to go see what else is out there. And part of that for me, this is personal. Part of this looking at Star Wars, it is a morality tale. It is high fantasy. I've engaged all my life on that. But you, I, how can you deny what George was putting in, into it? Particularly prequels, but starting with, starting with uh, New Hope and looking back and just going and seeing things again for the first time, ironically, to make reference to the special edition thing. Uh, That's been a big thing that's changed for me, where now it's part of my discussion with Star Star Wars, what Palpatine represented in him directly, Nixon, according to Lucas at the time. But even beyond that, just what he represents, that's always now going to be part of my discussion of Star Wars because it's there and I can't unsee it.
4: Yeah, no. I mean, you, you strip away a, a new hope. New hope isn't subtle. There's direct political it's discourse. Not Luke, it's not subtle. Luke's far away, and he politically doesn't agree with the Empire, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But has no choice to, but to go to the academy. The Tarkin, you know, you know, wipe the the fear at the beginning that ooh, the voice of the people, what little still exists in the Senate, there could be some sympathy for for Leia. No, we're gonna we're wiping out the representative government even the little bit of it that still clings the democracy and we are gonna you know the death star is it's called the death star it's a floating death ball it's fantasy it's over the top but it's also just it's a military state it's just the voice of the people is gone and if anybody questions my authority i will bring a crackdown of violence that's yeah. the story you know and and there's clear connections to yeah. uh, real world tyranny and fascism even yeah. from the first film so anyway um to, to answer Victor's question kind of directly about how we, do, how we make these decisions, I think for me, there are a couple things. Uh, there's always caution, for sure. And there's always yes. a little bit of fear. I want to overcome that fear because I think I have been uh, trained to have fear uh, because I think there is a lot of people who some of us just want to break from politics. Sometimes I get that. Yeah, but a different. lot of times when you're being told not to talk about politics, it is it is fear to silence you. Yeah. um and i think i have fallen victim to that personally sometimes so yeah. uh, i think for me the starting point is what are we talking about when we say politics because a lot of it gets played with that too you know yes 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 uh, and, and the first thing is uh i think like i was saying i think don't talk about politics is often a, a way to silence discussion it is a way for people to hold views that they know are unpopular they know are are that a, a large other percentage of other people Uh, would see these views as is cruel certain people shouldn't exist certain people shouldn't have the same rights they shouldn't exist next to me they shouldn't be on screen they shouldn't be in star wars right Mm -hmm. they hold these positions and they don't want to have them mentioned talked about or scrutinized because they want to be able to have them and then also not be made to hold any responsibility for those mm-hmm. positions. And honestly, the few four center listeners who have walked away, that's been their perspective. You mm-hmm. can't bring up that I think that. Yep. Don't talk about politics. So, I that's where I start is I want to be aware of um when am I al- allowing myself to be silenced so someone else doesn't need to examine why they believe something. Yeah. Um
5: yeah. Mm. No, go ahead. Well, I was just, I know we've met, we've even joked about this before, but for me, I I came from that side. That's why uh, and I'm not saying side politically, just that, that view of life where uh, in 2005, I was like, please, please don't make Star Wars political to like a specific friend. She was actually a girl I was dating at the time. And after Revenge of the Sith, I was like, don't, I don't you don't need to make Star Wars political. And she was like, he's quoting George <laughs> Bush, the villain of old, greatest villain of all time. Next to Palpatine, I would argue, but greatest villain of all time is quoting our current president. And, yep. this, and, and I was like, you can't but don't please don't mention that please don't and so that's that's why i i do speak a little bit from experience of i was that what you're describing maybe a little less um yeah hate and and fear-mongering but just as a as a as as a conservative kid growing up in a small town no 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 my don't 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 put that thought into my head that might change me
4: (laughs) please don't (laughs) yeah don't don't make me question something Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah. We all should. Um, and I think the other thing for me, uh, there's more than one other thing. The next thing for me, the next um, is I think politics it, just the word politics. Right. It, it, it can be used. Um, the GOP has run for years on kind of vilifying politics of saying that the government should be mm-hmm. smaller, maybe shouldn't even exist. But also, please put me in charge of it. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: there is a little bit of a a power move to just make politics is something, ugh, who wants to talk about that, right? Mm. And like, yep, uh, the actual, you know, gears of politicians, the fact that they need to raise money, the fact that they, you know, squirm out of saying, you know, firm policy because they, they want to be reelected. All, all that stuff is difficult. It's hard. It's some of the stuff mm. that makes politics gross. Uh, but I'm also of the, the belief that politics is, it, laws are how we, Decide what we honor and what we respect and what we deny in society. They're how we decide who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't like it when just politics across the board is considered bad. The politicking that politicians often do is annoying, yeah. uh, but politics is how we decide who we are. And I think there's also a, a thing that happens with the label of politics: is what is politics? Which would be to me literally like. Uh, Who favors this? What laws are coming up? What things should be repealed? What things should be reworked? Uh, You know, how is this person raising money versus this person politics? You Mm -hmm. know, that's different than to me, human decency. The murder of George Floyd is not politics. Bringing that up is not bringing up, you know. Uh, annoying recitation of last night's campaign you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night's campaign debate it's about human decency right and that slides into the look, can we not have politics in star wars suddenly means can there not be powerful women in star wars like okay well that's not politics <laughs> yeah <laughs> to my definition that's human decency right
5: yeah Yes, it is. It's we've talked about even, before, even on Andor uh, of the different you, you mentioned, about the politics versus politicking. And there's a lot of times I've even seen positive reviews of Andor like, oh, I've been loving the politics. No, no, you're loving the politicking. <laughs> <laughs> you're loving that. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that's. I'm not saying there's a negative to those people. It's just like we, we are talking about uh, it's it, I'll, I'll just say it's why it's why you can't separate the two for me. Uh, you can engage. You can have EOP days. Where you could just look at the silly Yopies and the fun Padres. I have those days, nine out of ten. But it's that tenth day where you can't strip it apart because the the, the, the rebellion against the empire is politics at its core.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is there. Yeah. It is there. Yeah. And I mean, I think like something that's going on right now is there is a rise in anti-Semitism. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a truth. That's a fact. Uh, but there are people out there who don't want you to say that because they have labeled it political and then mm-hmm. try to create a, a, an environment where I feel like I'm doing something bad by stating something that's supported by facts. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, so that's some of kind of how I try to wrestle with what is politics? What, what is political? You know, yes. um, because as is, is we've talked about on the podcast before, we talked about it now. I do understand and relate with that sometimes people need a break. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. one part of Star Wars is escapism, you know, so I don't want to spend half of every podcast being really drilling down on very specific politicians, very specific things. It would be super easy to invoke specific current, in my opinion, fascists that are in our government right now. Every time we talk about Palpatine, and I, I Mm -hmm. I realize, okay, I, I I do want to strike a balance, right? Yeah. Uh, Where when it's really important, we need to talk about it, Um, but like not every mention of Palpatine has to bring us back into the very immediate real world, and and I do want to find a balance. There. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense.
5: And here's one of the reasons to get into it. First of all, just we're human beings. So no one loves to get a comment of you dumb blank, blank. Why are you talking about this? You dumb blank, blank. And <laughs> yes. I just got one. I just got one in 2022 on my Game of Thrones podcast with And we weren't even, I, I was talking about that House of the Dragon. It, it, it absolutely set out to attack the patriarchy, to analyze the patriarchy, and the audience is Damon Targaryen, and it's trying to speak to the the toxic uh, alpha male mindset, and masculinity isn't a problem to me. It is the alpha toxic side that is the problem, and, and House of the Dragons spoke to it. Whether you agree with how they did it or not, it spoke to it, and I've had people uh, – one comment just, "You Ken, you you're great, but you're, you're dumb, blank, blank, real-world politics, ruin every conversation – I just ban that person, but I, I, it, that hurts my feelings or I want to strangle them, which is a negative emotion that I don't want to live in. So that's part of the f- caution. It's part of what you've talked about. The, uh, you, you, you're raised at the dinner table. You don't talk politics and religion. And all that means yeah, we grew up with that. And you and I are definitely of that generation. And I think to emerge from that, when we come to our podcast and how we want to balance it. Yes, um, because it, it, I also think it would lose the effect. If every episode we were like Palpatine means this. I think it become wallpaper. Right. And, and also another thing, and I, I want to try to pick my words carefully as carefully I can, um, f- uh, for Force Center, this has become over the years uh, part of our business, part of what puts food on the table. And you have to treat that a little differently. It means we're not going to compromise. It means we're going to speak out when we want to. But how we speak to our audience that helps us uh, uh, grow and, and keeps us fed in many cases, that's very serious to us. So that's why we determine how or, or, or the best way possible to discuss things and knowing that, hey, today we might piss some people off and we might lose some listeners. We have to be prepared for that. And that's something that we it's always in our, our forefront too. I don't know if I said that correctly. I don't want to just, I just, mm-hmm. just I don't want to sound like Eric. Well, we are a podcast that makes money. No, uh, it's not what I mean. But you have to you have to take that carefully. And you have we have a larger audience, which means they have a lot of different opinions.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I I feel like um, I have been happy with how how we've handled it is we have we have definitely, when we have spoken out about something that we feel like we absolutely must speak out about this. So we are going to, Uh, it affects Star Wars, it affects all of our day to day lives. And, you know, we have had some people let us know, like, okay, I, I, you know, don't like that you criticized. Mm-hmm. This politician that I support, so I'm I'm gone, and that's your right. Yeah, yeah, Um, but I feel like we can't let that stop us from speaking out about the the things that we want to. Because I think you know, to answer Victor's question, when we decide of like sometimes there's something going on that directly affects Star Wars. Uh, you know, yeah. when it was when it's in the news, uh, you know, around the Last Jedi time about the horrible racist, sexist attacks on some of the the actors. Um, yeah, some recent things with the video game development and and. You know, Mm -hmm. do our research, direct quotes, um, all all that kind of stuff. When it's directly affecting Star Wars and to not talk about it would be conspicuous, you know? Yes. That's when I feel like, you know, we really need to uh, address an issue. And and then the other side of it, uh, and what I feel like is coming up with Andor and came up with the Clone Wars report, is I really want to be able to talk about the heart of an issue, right? Right yeah um because when something just breaks into the news you know it, it it can become about that battle of you know almost taking a side right and that's mm. great you should take a side right um but I, I i hope that star wars can open the door to the heart of an issue you know yeah. and yeah. some things that we've discussed with andor and with the clone wars um pat that that political arc there's multiple political arcs with padme but there's the one where she's like Hey, uh, just escalating the conflict is only going to make uh, there be more hatred uh, instead of spending more money on, on military and doing the morally dubious, you know, birthing clones to throw them into battle. Hey, how about if we invest in this laundry list of social programs that are directly related to the real world? Yeah, like that stuff isn't necessarily like pressing on like the hot button of last night's debate. Yeah. It's about the heart of where do you spend your money? How, how do you perceive who we are as a people? Do you perceive that everything is us against them? Do you perceive that force and strength and violence is the first best way to resolve things? Or do you feel we're all connected? And if we lift one another up, it will help, uh, uh, you know, everybody eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when we can talk about Star, the big themes of Star Wars that are sort of socio-political, larger than any one specific issue of the moment, but are more about the heart of why do people believe different things? Why do they want to craft laws yeah. to create a society that has a specific investment? Because that, those are the conversations where I feel like we can you know, all be challenged and not other politics, but say, it's mm-hmm. something we decide. It, who do we want to be?
5: Yeah. And those conversations are valuable. Just, I think part of the divide isn't around uh, necessary R's and D's. It's just like people in different areas have different needs and, and, and and trying to find that out and and looking where those needs come from and, and how you can also factor in other people's needs. And and I, I think part of the conversations around Star Wars that we've had here, or the heart of the issues you said, have helped me change simply because uh, it, it, you weren't grabbing me or it, the show wasn't grabbing me by the collar and screaming at me. It was just going, hey, think about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in those conversations. Um, and I think Clone Wars does that a lot. And how could you not discuss
4: that? Yeah, and it's one of the things that, that made me fall in love with with Clone Wars is it's got a bunch of the weird, fun action. It's got, you know, deep lore about Jedi and, and Palpatine mm-hmm. doing weird spells <laughs> in, in, in pots. Yeah. Um, but it is very clear about the political reality of the viewpoints that Palpatine is trying to create, the fear mm-hmm. uh, that everything can be solved by a raised fist. Uh, somebody, you know is always needs to be the weaker one in an equation versus Mm. everything that Padme is advocating for the communication, empathy, understanding, helping one another. You know, it's, it's a huge part of star Wars and it's right there in clone wars. It's definitely there in Andor. And I think for me, Ken, my, my kind of final big thing about how do we decide what to talk about is I have had some moments where I'm just like, I, I, I I try to keep star Wars, you know, yeah, it's a fantasy show it's not real <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but it is designed since the beginning from lucas to be a source of inspiration and sometimes it really helps me if i'm like i really feel like we should talk about this but i'm already kind of having a stressful day and is this going to create more stress and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. i try to think of like if i don't say something uh am i betraying leia or padme <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. just actually going to Star Wars for inspiration, going to the sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, saying something at all is hard, mm-hmm. uh, and and Star Wars gives us so many examples of people who aren't just brave in turning on a lightsaber and jumping into a fight and risking their lives. Yeah, it's about people who are giving their time, their energy, their soul, risking putting a you know a, a target on themselves. Because they have to stand up and and say something. And oh, yeah. I think Leia and Padme are, are two of the great sort of uh, paragons of finding that strength.
5: That's great. That would, that would have been a great way to end the conversation. I'm going <laughs> to throw some kerosene on this and light the fire. But one thing is, too, is, is you talk about when we decide. And it's big. I I said a little bit the business side is. And I want to, again, I want to reiterate as much as possible. It isn't like we're making money. We got to save our money. We're going to shut our mouths it's just we have to be cautious of that. There's, uh, uh, for me, a partner involved, for Joseph, uh, a, a, a wife, a partner. Uh, uh, Jen's got a family. Like, we have to be careful with that. But also, we're going to, we, when we, we know we're going to talk about things, we need to talk about things. The bad melee, I think, is is absolutely great. And I just think there's, a, there's an age. There's, and here's where I was going with this. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't consider myself part of Star Wars Twitter. I think a lot of great, meaning heartfelt Star Wars podcasts are out there, and and there's so, every day you can find something to talk about. And I think they do, and they do it in a wonderful way. But I also just see there's a lot of fighting going on, a lot of screaming at each other, and I I think it's the saw rares of it all. Like what are you actually accomplishing? <laughs> uh, what is the message? Uh, you're you're getting out there, and I, I and I sometimes have an aversion to that. And for center, I think we uh, again trying to pick my words carefully. I think we try to detach from that and talk about things from our perspective for us to our audience, and not get too too involved in rolling up your sleeves and going fighting in the mud with each other. It's 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 that luth and saw conversation. Are are you tired of fighting with people who agree with you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that's a lot of Star Wars Twitter. So we definitely decide to go different directions from them. But the other side of it too, having worked in this space for a long time, you as well, Joseph, uh, it's different. You and I are, are of a generation where a lot of it was on stage or you got to network TV, you wrote a play, and that was how you dealt with it. Maybe someone wrote a review. We are in a different time, clearly. Social media, parasocial relationships. We're selling our personality. And one of the final questions there, Victor, about when we, when we decide to talk about it is, just as I said earlier, it would be a dubious at best, conspicuous, uh, the absence of a discussion. People expect it. The audiences have changed. Um, they want – if something's going on, yes, they might come to Force Center to escape it, and we have those shows. But a lot of times when we're speaking directly to Mike, uh, they, there's an expectation from audiences to not ignore the real world. And mm-hmm. there's those type are like stay in your lane type of folks. I'm like, then to my, to you, I'm like, well, what is my lane? Cause I'm a human, I'm a citizen.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm a comic comics, not comics. Trust me. There's I could go on and on about a lot of <laughs> dumb comics out there who think they're making points on the wrong side, but it's comics are usually on the outside observing. So what's, what's my lane, but more than anything, Joseph, Jennifer and I are personalities that hang out with you. And if you're upset and hurt because uh, the transgender communities uh, under attack for whatever reason, video game, the eclipse stuff, uh, you know, what's her name? saying thing. If we don't acknowledge it some way, that would be hurtful. That'd be weird because we're hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. That's what we sell professionally now. So that's why the game has changed. And so when someone comes to me and says, why do you bring this into your show? You are talking about an old uh, entertainment paradigm that does not exist anymore.
4: Mm.
5: Uh, you cannot do that. Uh, I didn't know what Ted, what Ted Koppel voted for years because he didn't have to tell us. Uh, now it is different. The, the The standards have changed and either you grow and adapt or or you go away. I do believe that. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the, one of the big factors of there's some, hey, there's some scuttlebutt here, this and that. But there's also the things that like we know our listeners are going to need to hear and expect us to say something. And that's one of the driving factors, I think, now.
4: Yeah, I think that's a really good point of just the 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 world has has changed the way we all relate uh to art on many different levels on you know to podcasts to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, some of these things are they they're not as far away, which I think is a is a wonderful thing, right? Yeah. Um that we we know a little bit more sometimes when when not great things are going on in the world and they're a little harder to ignore than they were when we were growing up, which is wonderful because we have to bring difficult things into the light so we can Mm -hmm. try to Mm -hmm. make them better and and i agree with you also about like you know finding that line right of Mm. uh, i think star wars really says uh when something very wrong is going on you have to stand up and you you have to stand your ground and and you know Uh, In in the story of Star Wars, sometimes Mm -hmm. that comes to actual, you know, physical conflict, right? Uh, I don't think there's anything, any need for physical conflict (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) around podcasts, please. Um, But I, I think Star Wars also advocates for, you know, but just falling in love with fighting is opening yourself up to a world of pain. So yeah, yeah. I, I, what we try to do and what I hope we succeed on more often than not is just saying here is something that is very important to us. Here's something we advocate or here is something that's that's going on that we do not agree with and mm-hmm. need to uh, call out and need to highlight uh, that we're putting it out there. And you as a listener have every right to go. I don't agree. I'm not going to listen anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna you know support them on Patreon whatever uh, but the strength for me comes in a little bit more of that Jedi like Leia like Padme like like cool we all make our choices our choices we are going to say this mm-hmm. and your choice is how you respond but you are not going to stop us from saying it. yeah yeah
5: I think Leia would agree <laughs>
4: I hope so I hope so I wish I could get a, a tweet from Leia Organa that would be great <laughs>
5: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And look, final word for me is we're not always perfect and far from it. Far nope. from it. We're just always uh, learning a little podcast trying to make its way in the galaxy. But uh, we appreciate you all that have uh, joined us, stuck out or even those that have stuck around that are like, hey, some things you say I don't agree with or I don't like. But you're still here for the conversations. You're here, st- still here for the lessons. I, I respect you. Uh, maybe even more. Love that
4: yeah yeah well thank you very much victor uh for the great question uh and we uh turns out we had a lot of thoughts (laughs) but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with some more questions from patrons
2: life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry
4: And we are back with two more questions from patrons on Patreon. First comes to us from Justin Jacobson. Justin says, hi, Joseph and Ken. I am grateful for all your insights on Jawa sales practices.
0: <laughs> and
4: have another Tatooine-centric question. Why don't the humans wear some sun protection? Uh, the Jawas have their hooded robes and the Tuscans have full body wraps to stay safe from the scouring sands and searing suns. But the humans don't seem to have adopted the same traditions of protective garb. Not even scarves or shawls or wide-brimmed hats. Are they just spending more time indoors? Or have humans not been on that planet long (laughs) enough to have adapted to it as much as the indigenous peoples? I know Job the Hutt doesn't wear a lot of clothes, period. But he doesn't seem to go outside very often. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a whole yeah. different question on, uh, on hut clothing traditions is buried yes. in here that we might need to save for another podcast. But Yeah. And,
5: and what hut hides can take uh, climate-wise.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tough hides, those huts have. Uh, so, Ken, where do you go with this? Do you, why do you does – it, does it frustrate <laughs> you when you look around and just see the humans out there baking? You well, know, what's great is we just
5: had this very deep, very real world conversation <laughs> where confessions confession things I'm like, oh, good. A, a fun, silly Star Wars question. And my answer might be, well, I think a lot of these humans have the arrogance to feel that they can not only conquer the people here, but the climate. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that was part of it there. But I also think a lot of the humans on Tatooine uh, are there just to be part of the ecosystem. Uh, and and uh, there's a lot of issues on that planet. But, uh, you know, we don't got, go into it too much there, I guess. But uh, I, I, I think that there, there's two things we went to one i think they got there and i think they did misread it a little bit and maybe there was a little arrogance in it ah we're good we don't know what's under those uh tuscan sand people masks anyway right like i don't know but i think maybe along the way they just gave up hope (laughs) that they're gonna have good skin (laughs) there's nothing we can do we're choosing to live under these twin sons and there's nothing they can do and then that might at one point maybe the uh Style of the time, to quote Abe Simpson, is that uh, maybe leather-worn faces were in vogue.
4: Oh yeah, that's a way to show that you're grown up. Like what? Look, look, this 22-year-old doesn't have any lines. They're not a real adult.
5: <laughs> yeah, or like a, it's like a sign of pride. Yeah, this is harsh. And, th- and this this planet makes you look like this, but I'm here and I'm still here. So maybe it's <laughs> a, a pride thing too.
4: Yeah. What are you doing, 30 years old without fully gray hair? Come on. This is, <laughs> this is a culture. <laughs> the humans respect mm. aging. Yeah, this is a great uh, question. I think, um, I think part of it is that we know from lots of different uh, storytelling, Boba Fett included, that the, the Tuscan garb is, is cultural as well mm. as uh, for interacting with the environment. We know the Tuscans have been there since there were oceans on Tatooine's, right? So there's a lot mm. that goes on in that uh, long and storied history. So there's a cultural element there. Uh, there could be with the Jawas too. I kind of love the mystery of Jawas, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we know their little hands can be furry. We have, uh, we've, uh, heard from Pelimoto that there's some fur <laughs> going on. Uh, yeah. but I just feel like I, the, the Tuscans, it's very, it's, it's protection, but it's cultural. Right. And then mm-hmm. the Jawas are a little bit more on that sort of, uh, the fantasy side of it of like, what is their deal? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do they have, like, flame-sensitive skin or sun-sensitive skin where they burst into flames uh, Are half their organs on the outside? Like, we (laughs) we (laughs) don't know the deal with Jawas. Like, why do their eyes glow, right? Is that, uh, are there, you know, (laughs) uh, do they survive half on radiation? (laughs) Like, Uh, you know.
5: You're, you're you're painting an almost complete horror show, but also one I want to know
4: more. <laughs> yeah, so I love that the Jawas we kind of don't know, but it clearly is a little bit better for not being burned alive in the sun. I think there are a lot of things going on with the with the humans on Tatooine. I think mm-hmm. uh, there is some amount of uh, adaptation. I, I kind of like ominously that they would have adapted culturally of like, yeah, you 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 mm-hmm. age quicker. The the aging process is shown and that's expected now. You yeah. know. If a farmer is making another deal with a farmer, they want to make sure that you, you're solid Tatooine stock. You're, you're yeah. full wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I also think it, it could be uh some some hubris, right? Um. Hmm. They clearly do have some garb, right? Luke has his his little like cap, that little fishing cap, yeah, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that little sun cap. Uh. Clearly, some uh citizens have a sandstorm scarves ready to go, right? They, they kind of carry them with them like an emergency yeah. kit, right? Because we kind of see that a little bit in that that Return of the Jedi uh cut famous cutscene yeah. with their desert uh, sandstorm garb. Um a little bit with Jira, you know, in Phantom Menace warning about a storm coming. Um but that just makes me think of hubris, the actual hubris that I have experienced and taken part in, um, growing up in in Minnesota where uh, Minnesota out, outside of Minnesota is kind of famous for being cold but the truth is there's almost no spring or fall it's mostly brutal cold and brutal very mm. humid high temperatures in the in the mm. summer um and in both of those I've had hubris like uh I don't like mm. shorts so in, in on like 102 degree days with ridiculously high humidity be like nope i'm keeping my jeans <laughs> and my <laughs> black t-shirt like and people are like you know you shouldn't be wearing black like yeah i know but i want to uh and then in the in the winter right like it's kind of a thing where you you grow up you know being just bundled up uh mm. by your parents and then especially you know teenage whatever like i don't really want to wear a hat yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's like literally one degree today, but I don't want to wear a hat. I can I can I can just tough it out. And I wonder how many of the people we see just wandering around be going like, Yeah, I know it's not good to be have two sons bake on me, but that hat's kind of dorky. Luke's hat is dumb and I'm not wearing it today.
5: I I am right there with you on that weather hubris. I always say the line, uh style knows no weather conditions. And uh (laughs) that sometimes uh, burn me. I I I I have some, you know, uh like all of us have issues with my my body over the years where like I have very thin wrists. So I want to cover them up and it'll be a hundred degrees in the San Fernando Valley. And Ken, why are you in a jacket? Like never you mind. (laughs) Even now I I love wearing beanies now because I'm a, you know, a balding Hulk Hogan man. So I want to, I want to look like the edge from you too. Uh, Ken, it's not cold (laughs) enough for a beanie. You don't tell me what, uh, when I can wear this beanie or not. I don't care if I'm sweating. I'm wearing it. So yeah, maybe you're a little bit of a hubris or reason to wear it in tattooing.
4: Yeah. Now I just want to sit and watch Tatooine scenes and see if I can pick out the hubris people of like that person oh, should be God. wearing a hat and they just don't want to. They just don't want to.
5: <laughs> and I and I got to think at one point um Owen he was raised there, but I think Owen's like,
4: "I don't wear a hat. Well, look where it got you." Yeah. And I think he's like it it didn't it didn't kill Klee, and like, eh, it probably <laughs> yeah. didn't help Klee. You know, <laughs> <laughs> great question any final thoughts on uh, some bacon down on those uh, exposed humans on tatooine this
5: is the uh the wide range of conversations we can have here in force center the, the very real to the even more real <laughs> the weather conditions and what you wear
4: exactly which means we're going to move on to our final question uh from douglas dubois douglas says uh, hi force center star wars has a long track record of seriously emotional scenes Rebels going from a kind of goofy but far more emotionally intelligent show than I realize to having this grown man sobbing on his couch. Is there a potentially a uh, potential really emotional moment or scene you can think of in Star Wars that could reasonably be imagined as headcanon that you would love to be brought to screen? Something like the Luke and Ahsoka campfire meeting. Sorry, I took the layup off the board. McClunky, says Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> you did. That is probably my number one for for various reasons. Uh mm-hmm. the, potential of a good solid first meeting conversation between luke and ahsoka because now we know from book yeah. of boba fett they did meet uh and yeah mm. anyway ken mm. where do you go with headcanon emotional star wars scenes
5: yeah i'm going this all three of my answers uh, well they're, maybe they're very but i went to this like and I, I imagine it you know we're in this Andor season where it's just like those very real quiet whispered intense conversations right where the performances are played so so uh, uh just you know real into the moment not the other things in star wars aren't but that i kind of i had that vibe in my head whether or not that's where they would just follow me on this here just follow me on this okay i'll start uh, i'm so used to caveating and preambling because of our previous conversation <laughs> i i have three choices here i have uh it's so depressing it's so depressing han leaving leia
4: oh no <laughs>
5: it's right don't worry it gets better um which is i I am forever fascinated. I understand some folks maybe didn't like the fact that Han and Leia were separated, Force Awakens, or that the Big Three never got together. And which, by the way, I very much, very much understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 part of me wishes they had found a way, but uh, a large part of me. But I am just forever fascinated by the fact that the great love of the galaxy, the one I kind of grew up with, hit troubled times, and that they uh, hit hit a big um. Stress point in their relationship and the caused both of them to retweet, retreat or retweet <laughs> to what they know best. I'm fascinated by the reality of that. I'm fascinated what it means for Han's character. I've said it before. I grew up a Han fan, but I think I didn't know how close I was to Han until I started to learn more about him. And he learned more about himself. And the character has new meaning for me other than cool space smuggler guy that I liked as a kid. And him running away from what he knows maybe he should do or what he should be and running away to keep up to some idea in his head of what he wants to be. That That's a powerful theme. And I struggle with it still and will always struggle with it. And for that, for the, the great love affair of the Star Wars galaxy of my time to hit these hard moments and, and come back at the end. I think I would like to see that conversation. I imagine it wouldn't be quiet, quiet and whispered at all uh, for the entire length of the conversation uh, for all of it. I, I think there would be maybe some raised voices there, um, but I think I'd like to see that a star Wars, a marriage story. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: with the, with the Kylo Ren connection right? mm-hmm. with the, the gif. Uh, yeah. No, it's from the film too. It's not just a gif yes, uh, yeah. or photos of, uh, of yeah. Kylo Ren, Adam driver pound in the wall. Kylo Ren and Black Widow divorcing is a very sad film that I'm not going (laughs) to watch. I don't. I don't. I'm sure it's very good. I don't need that (laughs) sadness in my life personally. Uh, But I went to a similar thing. I I have headcanon. I think we've had this question before, so I had reason to think about it. I think you know um, Ben. You know, makes his uh his not great choices uh on the planet we now know as Aussis, uh brings the temple down. Again, that four issue comic series Rise of Kylo Ren, kind of recontextualizes that a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but from Luke's perspective, uh he failed Ben. He he had a, a moment of of not being as strong I- I- as he needed to be, and for just a second thought he needed to stop the coming darkness, ignited the blade, turned it off. Luke blames himself in mm-hmm. in Luke's mind. Is Snoke already turned his heart, and then Luke pushed him over the edge, and now Ben is off, off to join Snoke. It destroyed mm-hmm. the temple, destroyed the school. Right? Yeah. I feel like Luke goes and tells Han and Leia exactly what happened. You know, I think mm-hmm. Leia certainly senses something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think there's a a devastating three way conversation between the mm-hmm. big three, and I'm I'm kind of in the camp too of like. Yeah, I I think The Force Awakens made a really smart choice to start the story farther in and, and yeah. jump into it. And if you'd started the story too far back, it really would have been the mm-hmm. original trilogy's story and not the story of both the new generation and yeah. the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, but I still wish like, hey, shoot a flashback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Then I think about this scene is like, is that the one scene I would have wanted of? Remember when the three of us got together and... <laughs> all went our separate ways. Is that really what I would have wanted? I don't know. But in my head canon, it's a really bittersweet scene, right? And I don't mm-hmm. even know if any decisions are made. I think that they I think they talk about what has happened. I think they're devastated by what happened. I think mm-hmm. the the specter of Vader is floating over all of them, right? Yeah. Uh of the we all feared this could happen. Something like it mm-hmm. could is on the table, right? Um yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they make any conclusions. I think they have a real bittersweet conversation. And then they all three just go their separate ways. Uh, Maybe, maybe uh, we combine our scenes and then Leia, Luke sulks off and he just disappears. They never see him again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Leia and Han uh, just (laughs) have a, have a firefight, a, a verbal firefight, maybe.
5: So we've just pitched this. We've pitched the long sequence here. This is great. (laughs) We've combined to pitch this full scene. Luke walks off they start doing this.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so intrigued because, I mean, I can see what you're pitching of the fiery conversation. I can also see Han, both Luke and Han just sulking away. And they're then, you know, Leia's like, okay, maybe we should talk about this. And like, they both left, huh? (laughs) Yeah. They're both just gone, huh?
5: I think the fire would be from her. Oh, this is what you do, Han.
4: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he sulks off so she can't yell at him, right? Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. And I'm not advocating yelling in a relationship, but uh, well, I, I get it. But like, yeah,
4: yeah, that's great. Some some fiery old Hollywood banter. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, i do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I call yelling now. Old, old. we didn't have a fight. <laughs> we had some old Hollywood banter. Oh, that's great. Mm. Not particularly healthy. Uh, mm. So that one was a little bit of a bittersweet one. So then I did think of some more positive ones. Do you have some more?
5: Uh, I have two more. One's really positive. One, one actually could be the continuation of the long scene you and I have pitched. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, and we may have talked about this before. Uh, it is, but is it Luke? It is Luke getting to Octo, mm. and I had when I was youngster, a youngster, I ran away from my home one time. All right. And I forget even with the context of why it happened. But I remember I was, I was telling my mom, I'm going to do it. And my mom and sister are watching. My dad's like, I don't know. He's playing the Commodore 64. And I was packing a little back. I was putting granola bars and Capri Sun. And I, I'm out of here. And I got as, and my mom's like, okay. And I got as far as the treehouse in our front yard. Hmm. And I got I went to the treehouse. <laughs> it's like probably eight o'clock at night, but it felt 1 a.m. And I sat in there and I just was like, yeah. And then also there was a moment where I was like, Oh, I've really done this. <laughs> like I've left the front door and I ate my granola bar and maybe about 15 minutes later, my mom came out and said, all right, this is not what you need to do. Like come back inside and let's talk. And of course I ran back inside cause it was cold. Um, <laughs> but I imagine Luke going, I need, to do, I need to do that. I'm going to shut myself up. And it gets in the ice when he lands on Octo. The caretakers are like, we don't have a reservation for you. it gets to that. And he, there's a moment where he just sits either in in his hut or overlooking the the ocean there. And it just kind of goes, well, I'm here. What do we do? Yep.
4: Yeah. Do you think there's a moment where he stands up to go back to like, I can still lift the X-wing out of the water or, or do you think he's committed from the second he's
5: there? There could be, or, or maybe he tries to get in it. He gets in the X-wing. He's like, nope, nope, nope. And then you see him sink it. Um, and just the battle and him weighing why and him weighing, you know, giving into the fear and then the actual and how does he go about shutting himself off from the force? How easy is it? How difficult? How painful would it be? Imagine hmm. a lot of tears. It's 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 a stage play with Mark Hamill on a set on an island who's <laughs> giving us this, this moment. Because I still think, and I, again, it, we're turning into a big three on the same s- screen in episode seven conversation. I, 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 I yes, I, I think it in, in, uh, in, in a weird way, missed opportunity on, on a on a big scale. I get that conversation, but I still love the decision they made, uh, and the generational tale, and that ending with Luke on the hill is still one of my favorite things. Uh, where it went from there, you didn't might not like it, totally fine. Um, but this is but this is the kind of moments it's tip of the iceberg storytelling where I, I could just imagine. The pain that's horrible. This isn't something where he's like. I'm great. This is. I'm so happy with this this decision. He must be talking himself into it for almost the entire time. Um, yeah, and I just would love to see that.
4: Yeah, I, I really. There's a this is a weird our weird '80s sitcom comparisons to to Star Wars. Uh, the episode where where Sam and Diane like truly break up for the first time, and they both go after each other, but turn around. That's always. Like I think, uh, I think Luke mm-hmm. has some of those moments where he starts to run out of the hut, and then, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, I'm not doing mm-hmm. it. I'm not doing it. You know, Luke Skywalker, Sam and Diane, the same story basically. Yes, yes. Uh, have a nice yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, so you have one more, right?
5: Yes. All right. Let me just because I feel I need to clear my palate. Then then you can close this out with something positive. <laughs> and may, may, that would be great if we hit the same moment. We're, we're, same moment here. I want to go to between episode one and two, mm. and I want. Clegg Lars, asking Shmi for her hand in marriage. Oh, that's really great. I've loved you since the first time I laid eyes on you. (laughs) I've purchased you from Watto. You're free. But will you have my heart? I want to see that. You have choice. And here's
4: your first choice. Here's a choice for you. Here's your choice. (laughs) Clegg. Thumbs up. click thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is great. That is great. Oh, you made me think of one that I hadn't thought of because I hadn't been thinking in the prequel era as much. Uh, Padme asking Jar Jar to serve in the Senate with her or to yes. run for that. If that's if it's not an appointed thing that in Misa. <laughs> yes. 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 That would be great. Yeah. Um, so it, the the whole Luke and Ahsoka campfire meeting, um, I, I am going to touch a, a little bit on that. Um, I was thrilled to see that. Yep, we it is confirmed that they know each other, in in book of Boba Fett, and have already had a discussion. Ahsoka mm-hmm. seems in a slightly healthier place there than when we saw her earlier in the Mandalorian. Um, and there's a recent uh, Filoni interview, uh, where the kind of some of the headlines that were made were talking about you know, adapting tales of the Jedi, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. some of the Ahsoka stuff, some of the Dooku stuff, but there was a really uh, telling quote there. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing. People can find the article uh, themselves talking about how the Ahsoka show is going to deal with the devastating blow to Ahsoka Mm -hmm. to finding out that uh, Vader is Anakin Mm -hmm. and having to wrestle with that. So Mm -hmm. it really did feel to me like, okay, we are going on this journey with Ahsoka. Yeah. Her, we're jumping around her timeline of her wrestling and questioning herself with what does it mean that this awful, awful, you know, uh, terror Vader was my beloved master, you know, yeah. that I learned everything from from Vader. Um, so I, I still do think the possibility of, of Luke and Ahsoka connecting and Ahsoka being able to tell Luke a little bit who his father was when he was that, you know, mm. brave, daring Jedi Knight that Obi-Wan first told him about and then Luke being able to tell Ahsoka about, Uh, Anakin's final moments um, I think that is still a possibility that that is on the important map of uh, Ahsoka's journey so I'm all there for that but the thing that uh, in that area that I'm most emotionally excited about that it's in headcanon is I want to see scenes if it's animated if it's in a book whatever it is I want to actively see people who knew Padme Telling Luke and Leia who their mom was like mm, mm. the Anakin stuff is great and it is emotional. Um, but, you know, especially now we're, we're spending more time with Mon Mothma, you know? Yeah. Uh, Mon Mothma scene really telling Leia who Padme really was, or mm. we, we focus on the Anakin uh, uh, sometimes of, of the uh, Ahsoka meeting, but Ahsoka telling Luke or Leia really about who Padme truly was. Leia might mm. have a little bit more, but Luke doesn't. And he's wondering, right. It's in yeah. return of the Jedi. Yeah. Like who, who was my mom? Like yeah. I'm doing all this to be like my dad. And now I'm kind of meeting my dad and that's a little bit of a roller coaster. Who is my mom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so being able to say, let me tell you who your mom was. That that's that great. gets me teary thinking about that. Um, Final one is jumping to the sequel trilogy uh, is I love the ideas in the sequel trilogy that um, a lot of it is, is characters being haunted by the past. Um, mm. Kylo feeling like he can't uh, escape the shadow of the past. Uh, Ray literally growing up in the wreckage of the past and a Mm. character's reckoning that the past has a a shadow, but it also has, you know, inspiration and hope comes from it. And Mm. that Ray awakens Luke and Luke makes this better choice to be a, a better symbol to the galaxy, but also to show Ray that she's right to have hope. Right. Yeah. And force projects to crate and the great storytelling of seeing like, okay, this young storyteller, Oni Oziah, picks that story up on crate and the legend of the Jedi who makes a difference spreads, you know, with the Timurie Bleg uh, raising, raising the broom and I don't need it to be Tamiri Bleg. I think that might be too on the nose, but mm-hmm. I would love any moment where Ray meets a young force sensitive, uh, uh, kid, during the era of the resistance or even after who stood up and tried to make a difference because they heard the stories of luke skywalker they heard Mm -hmm. the stories of of ray the the new hope and that gave them strength that is a that that would get me uh, going with the old tears Ah, man,
5: we got a lot of tears flowing good and bad in this. Section.
4: <laughs> good and bad. Well, thank you very much, everyone, uh, for the wonderful questions. Uh, a little bit of a supersized episode for us of uh, questions of the force. But, hey, the light side is not done. We have put out a call for this segment, Power of the Light Side, where we ask some uh, patrons to share a positive thing, something they love about Star Wars, a life experience. Uh, ours this week comes from listener Brennan Marr. Brennan says, I absolutely love Han and Kira's musical theme from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Well, I absolutely love the entire score. This piece stands out to me for several reasons. Uh, When I learned that John Powell, the Academy Award-nominated composer of How to Train Your Dragon, would be scoring this movie, I was overjoyed. When I finally saw the film, I discovered that my anticipation was justified. Solo is full to the brim with great musical cues and pieces, not the least of which is the aforementioned love theme. I'm a huge fan of opera, particularly of the 1926 Grand Opera Turandot by Giacomo Puccini. I am not doing great with the pronunciation. My apologies. Mm. Uh, that's me saying that, not Brendan. Uh, Brennan's, I'm sure, is great. Uh, I could not help but hear this maestro's influence on the love theme, which could be heard at its best in the piece entitled Lando's Closet on the solo soundtrack. The most famous, famous piece from Turandot is entitled Nessun Dorma, which in more recent years became the signature piece of the great opera singer Luciano Pavarotti. I would highly recommend listening to a rendition of Nessun Dorma and comparing it to Lando's Closet. I love examining the musical influences of Star Wars, and this is one of my favorites. This is a great power of uh, the light side to just really dial in on a very specific thing. Uh, This one great uh, musical score and celebrate not only why it's great in Star Wars, but the real world uh, history of a piece like this. And I Mm. so agree with Brennan. I, I remember in the theater, I was just enjoying the hell out of solo and when the that music theme particularly in lando's closet was just unambiguously beautiful strings it's love time i was like romance <laughs> is back <laughs> romance is in star wars capital yeah. r romance and i was so happy and I, yeah. and i love this soundtrack and uh want to want to dive deeper here like Brendan suggests
5: Yeah, this is wonderful. First of all, uh, uh, thanks for this, Brennan. Uh, Brennan, Brennan's just a wonderful supporter. He's also a big supporter of my music show, Pop Rock and Radio. And he's always got a request, but it's like something, some big banger like Journey, like a karaoke favorite. (laughs) He loves Goo Goo Dolls or Dishwalla. And now he comes in with this just uh, operatic side to his taste. I, I love reading this and hearing this, Brennan. This is great stuff. And it speaks to uh the i think some of the the I'll, i guess i'll say hidden depth and solo but i think it's right there i think it's such a, a wonderful film for a lot of reasons the pulp adventure the big lessons the uh, you know painful um highlighting of the oppression of the empire but it's things like this so much love put into that movie on all levels um controversies aside i think it's still there for you to enjoy and this is an angle i always say i'm not I don't follow the music stuff as much. I don't. I, I love Williams and Powell and Kiner and all the stuff, but I, I I come to it a little bit later. People like Brennan, my friend Mark Riley, they go to the score. It's almost one of the first things they go to when breaking Mm. down their love for the movie. So I think I I really respect and appreciate Brennan's appreciation because it highlights something that I haven't spent a lot of time appreciating in Solo, other than I just love John Powell's score. Ah, the flying track is great. The Cloud Riders theme, I love it. And Han's theme, John Williams involved in that, of course, love that. But now I will rewatch this scene with joy and looking for the romantic sounds behind the scenes.
4: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to rewatch that scene and imagine it's like a, an old music video and just kind of like up in the corner, slightly transparent is is Pavarotti singing along <laughs> to that great theme. That yeah, great. absolutely. Love it. Love talking about the music. I feel like sometimes I lack a little of the uh, vocabulary to say what I mean. I'm like, I like it when the chords go wonky. Like, what are you oh, talking about?
5: You know? Yeah, I'm the worst. I'm like, you know,
4: when it goes boop, 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 people like that, that's not even <laughs> tune count. I'm like, yeah, it's the thingy. It
5: does the thingy.
4: You know, it's the Morse code. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, Brennan, for that great power of the light side. We got some more coming. And if you're a patron, it is uh, just a couple posted down that call for entry. So feel free to leave us a power of the light side. Ken, that's it. Where can people find us?
5: Hey, you can find us in a lot of spots. You can go to Twitter at Force Center Pod is where you can find us there. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Big live Q&A coming up soon. Subscribe over on YouTube. Hit that bell so you don't miss it. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are, lo- are available on a lot of spots. To just search like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. We do have merch available. It's Christmas season. If you're doing some holiday shopping, hey, there you go. There's a plug. Merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, you can also support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you can do things like participate in the Power of the Light side. Go to our Discord. You can discuss Star Wars with fans every day and if you'd like you can follow me at cadnapsock or my website kenapsock.com as i mentioned i got a music show it's called pop rock and radio it's on a, a thing called mix cloud yep it's another thing you have to get but you can go to the desktop and listen to it and it's really fun we do a live music show and take requests like many from brennan marge also where can they find you
4: yeah, you can find me on social media, uh, Instagram, TikTok. I am staying on Twitter for the time being, monitoring the situation as we go. I'm also on Mastodon. I haven't memorized uh, all of the exact handles and uh, things I need to say, but I'll work on that. But I am on Mastodon if you want to find me there. But if you're done with Twitter, Instagram is, is a great place where I'll continue to uh, share similar things uh, that I shared. On Twitter. Uh, Also want to continue to promote my YouTube channel. Thank you for everyone who has watched a video, liked a video, shared a video, uh, subscribed. Um, I'm doing great on subscribers. I got a ways to go on view time before I can get monetized again. Uh, So thank you for all your support. If you're interested in checking out what's there, you can just go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw. More stuff coming soon. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Jawa's organs, wherever they are, this has been Cues of the Force. We'll oh,